You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church at church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. So we've been doing this now for about three months, but today we're coming to you from a new location and we're so excited about that. Hope you are too. And today we're also starting a new sermon series. We wrapped up our Back to Normal last week, and so we're talking about more today. So how's it been going, you know, these last three months or so that uh, we've been coping with things, right? Heard from someone today, they said that they were having a hard time, that they weren't really coping very well. So we're coping with all this stuff. We're trying to cope with the changes, trying to cope with the the struggles, the, the, the differences, all the things that are happening around us. We're coping. Aren't you tired of coping? I mean, I, I thought that last week even, um, just thinking about preaching the sermon and just and different. I was thinking about how I was coping with so many things. And I got to tell you, I, I'm tired of coping. I'm tired of coping. I don't know about you, but Jesus didn't call us to cope. We don't have a gospel of coping. We have a gospel of grace. You know, no matter what has happened in our life, we have grace that is this unmerited favor, something we didn't earn. We we have a, a gospel of truth. And truth is so important, especially in the days that we're living in right now. Because this gospel of truth, it's not founded on maybe so or hope so, but it's a solid foundation. Thank God for that. We have a gospel of peace that no matter what we're going through, we can have peace through it. We have a gospel of, of, of incarnation, that God's not just this deity sitting on a throne somewhere unapproachable and unreachable in some far distant corner of the universe, but that He came to be with us, incarnate. We have a gospel of resurrection, that, that after Jesus died for our sins, He got up on the third day so that you and I would have new life, right? But, but not just that new life in eternity, new life even right now. Because no matter what's going on in our life, there's resurrection power that, that no matter what looks dead in your life, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what the problems are in your life, even if the coroner stands over you and says, it's over, it's not over because of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. We have a gospel of life. You know, and and Jesus said about that life, He said, I didn't just come to bring you life, but life more abundantly. We have a gospel of action that we don't have to just sit and cope and and just take everything that's being thrown at us in our life. We have a, a gospel of action that Jesus left for us and a gospel of power. Power that you and I don't sit powerless with all the things going on around us, all the attacks happening in our life, All the things that we're having to deal with, we don't sit powerless. We have a gospel of power. Jesus never called us to cope. He called us to conquer. You know, last week, and I had to kind of cut some stuff out and and left some stuff out of my sermon last week, and and I wanted to... I wanted to come back immediately Sunday afternoon and, and just send you another video, post another video, but I've, I've held it until, until now. Last Sunday, I don't know if you know this or not, but it was a kind of a special day on the church, the Christian calendar. Do you know what it was? I'll give you a hint. It's 50 days after the Jewish Passover. 
50. Now, what is the, the prefix for 50? You know, penta, penta. Yeah, yeah, it's Pentecost. Last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. Okay, and so when you talk about Pentecost Sunday, with me, a lot of stuff comes to my mind because, I mean, I grew up hearing a lot about Pentecost. I grew up hearing a lot of discussions. I grew up hearing a lot of debates. I grew up hearing a lot of arguments about Pentecost. And I don't know what your Pentecost theology is, okay? Uh, you, you can say it in your mind right now if you want to. And just think about what, what your theology is about Pentecost. I, I don't know what your theology is about Pentecost. But let me say this to you, okay? Whatever your theology of Pentecost is, whatever my theology of Pentecost is, if it does not compel us, if it does not drive us to go impact someone with the message of Jesus Christ, of love, of unconditional love and grace and forgiveness, that He came to give us life and life more abundantly and eternal life, if our theology of Pentecost does not compel us to go and impact someone with that message, then our, our theology of Pentecost is worthless. Yeah, I said worthless. I mean, a, a pastor calling a part of the Scripture worthless? Is that what I'm doing? Not exactly, but if that's your theology, if it doesn't drive you to tell somebody something awesome about Jesus, then your theology of Pentecost is worthless. If you don't believe me, go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Now, if you're watching live, you can't pause right now and go there. I'll read it to you in a few minutes, okay? But we're not there just yet, okay? But I dare you to go and read it, especially if you think that your Pentecost theology is not worthless unless it drives you and compels you to go tell somebody about this awesome message from Jesus. Go read it, because that is exactly the reason for Pentecost. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And this world today, right now, right now, this world today is in dire need of someone to stand up in the power of God and to declare and to proclaim and to speak this awesome message of love. All the things that we're going through. We've, we've already mentioned the coronavirus and three months now of, of lockdown, sheltering at home and, and just barely starting to see things come back around the racial strife of this past week, and the tragic death of George Floyd and all that now that has stirred within us and in our communities. And, and so, so now the riots as well. All of these things happening right here in our communities, in our life, this world needs someone to speak in the power of Jesus Christ and to speak love and to speak forgiveness and to speak justice and to speak mercy at the same time. Because all of that was the message of Jesus Christ. But what can we really do? Little old us, little old me, what can we really do in this? I mean, what, what kind of power do we really have? Well, let's get back to that Pentecost theology there for a moment. What is your theology about that? You know, here's what I believe. I believe if you really believe God has power, then you're a praying person. Because if you believe that God has power to heal, to protect, to deliver, to bring His mercy and His justice all at the same time, if you believe that, then you're going to pray. And so maybe the converse is, is also true, that if we don't pray, we obviously don't believe that God has power to do anything. 
But if you believe that God has the power to bring about a miracle in the middle of whatever tragedy our world or our communities or even our own personal lives are in right now, if you believe that God has that power, then you're going to be praying about it. Praying about it. Speaking those things. Calling them to be... Because we do believe that. Okay, I told you I was going to read Acts chapter 1, verse 8 to you, right? So let me read. Because right here, it's, it's really a lot packed into this one verse. Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I see that verse. I mean, it's packed with a whole lot of stuff. I think one of the first things I think about when I look at that verse is about how it's a command that we're commanded to go and, and to, to speak His Word and to, and to speak all the things that He's taught us. First these disciples, and they hand it down and keeps handing down unto us. Now, now you and I, this is the command that we have. But it's more than that. It's a promise that we don't just have to do this in our own power. He's sending us power so that when we do it, we can be successful. We can be powerful, that our words can be anointed with a power to actually change lives, to, to, to cut to the quick, the, what, whatever needs to happen, that the, there's going to be power there in our words. So it's a command and it's a promise. But it's one more thing also. It's a prophecy. It's, read it again. Look at it right there. It's a prophecy because he says... You will be witnesses unto me in all of the earth that Jesus prophesied you, anyone that is following after him. He prophesied that you would be his witness, that you would speak with this kind of power to change lives, to change communities, to change this world. You and I have that power because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me take you to one more scripture before we close out, okay? This is 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. God says, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Awesome promise right there. Many promises right there in that one verse of scripture. And who is it made to? My people who were called by my name. I wasn't alive when that was spoken by God. But he said, if my people who were called by my name. You know, and he, he, di he didn't put a time limit on it. He said, if my people who were called by my name. It wasn't just the people who were alive that moment. If my people who were called by my name. Now, what did he say we had to do? We've got to pray. We've got to repent, turn from our wicked ways. Now, you know, I can't repent for someone else. I can't ask God to forgive someone. They've got to do that for themselves. So, so when I do that and God forgives me, He forgives me because of my prayer. But there is something in there in this verse that I can do that impacts everybody around me. Maybe I can't pray for forgiveness for their sin. But did you see what it said there at the end? That if His people who called by His name pray, if we seek His face, if we turn from our wicked ways, if we repent, then what happens around us? God says, I will heal their land. Something you and I can do that impacts our land around us, our nation around us, the communities around us, the people around us. 
something you and I can do. I can't, I can't repent for someone else's sin. I, I can't wrap up someone else's salvation, but I can pray and have God bring healing to the land that I dwell in. You and I have that power because we have that promise of 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, if we are His people. This is what God has called us to be. You are not called to cope. You're called to conquer. And if you're not a follower of Christ, if you're not a Christian, a child of God, it is so simple to start that walk with Him because Jesus has already done the hard part. All of our people, they, they've heard me say this over and over, just real simple. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says it's this easy. Pretty much all we have to do is believe Jesus Christ is exactly who He said He is, that He died on the cross of Calvary for our sins. And then tell somebody about it. That's all, that's all it takes. Just tell someone that you're a Christian. That's all it takes, just to, just to believe that and, and tell somebody that you're a Christian. And in doing that, He becomes your Savior. You start this relationship with Jesus. And then you too are called by His name. And you can pray that prayer that begins changing the land around you. So would you join me in prayer right now? And let's begin there with those maybe who have never prayed this kind of prayer, okay? Father, again, we come to you thanking you, appreciating, God, all that you have already done for us. And God, for someone, Lord, that has never prayed that prayer and asked forgiveness of their sin, but that right now they're asking you to forgive their sin. Lord, I pray, hear that prayer. And Lord, write their name in your records in heaven where you are. And I pray, God, that you begin to not only bring the blessings that you promise in your word to them, but you also bring the promises and your power into their prayer life, God, so that the things they do and say can be empowered and anointed and impacted by that power that is in you. And Lord, I pray as we join together, God, not in these few quick moments that we have to pray, but as we join together over these days and weeks ahead, God, I ask you, Lord, to hear us as we ask you to forgive our sin and to heal our land. For we need you in this time. We need forgiveness. We need justice. We need mercy. We need grace. We need peace. And we need joy. In Jesus' name, amen. And can I say one more thing? If that's the first time you've ever prayed or if you ask Christ to forgive you for sin, would you let us know? It's really easy to let us know. You can just comment down below or you can send us a text, 205-476-2911, and let us know. We've got some stuff we'd like to help you with, to give you that will help you along the beginning of this journey with Christ. And perhaps you've got a prayer need. Let us know about that too. And look forward to seeing you again next Sunday. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. You can email our prayer team at prayer at church2911.com or text us at 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting church2911.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. Thanks for listening to the 2911 Sermons Podcast. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.